Who's excited to be here this morning? Anybody? Anybody? Man, it's the, it's the Sunday after Easter, and, and that's traditionally called in, in pastor world, Let Down Sunday. <laughs> it's the Sunday after, like, everybody, man, church was packed. Next Sunday is like, did they all go to the lake? Where did everybody go? But I'm excited that y'all are here this morning, and it's not Let Down Sunday for me. Um, uh, if you will, then you, if you ain't got your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 14. That's where we're going to be this morning. Um, and I've got a couple of announcements I'm going to give you as you turn. Um, so um, a couple of weeks ago, there's something that, that I want to really, we hadn't really talked about. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a, a group of five of us went to Minneapolis and went to something called Engage Global. And you heard us talking about it, and I couldn't tell you what it was because I didn't know, have a clue what I was really going to do. But we went, and what the Engage Global is, is you go and they train you how to engage other cultures for the gospel. That you go and they teach you um, what this, what this other, the religions of these areas, and you go engage the people. You get to eat the food, you get to engage them, you get to have a conversation with them, and it really it teaches you how to engage other cultures. And, and uh, when we went, it was amazing because I didn't really know what I was getting into. Uh, I went, and if you know me, you, um, you know that, that I'm very kind of reserved. Like, I'm not going to just try and eat anything that I don't know. And we roll up in this joint, and, and they got uh, beef intestines and, and, uh, and, and whole fish with their eyes duct taped shut and stuff, you know. And I'm like, man, we're supposed to engage in this. <sighs> but it was pretty amazing. We had a great time. And God showed us a lot in that. And so uh, the five of us that went, we got, in a, we got on an airplane to come home. If it wasn't for our families, we probably would have uh, went to another nation somewhere. It was that impactful to all of us. And so in October, uh, October 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, um, we're sending another group um, to go. And so if you'd like to go, get with Sam. The general cost about $750 uh, to go, and that includes your meals, airplane, everything over there. So um, if you'd like to go, please sign up. Be praying about it. And we'll go from there. The other thing is May 5th um, is our next heart and soul. And so what heart and soul is for our church is just the next step. If you're coming to our church, been hanging out, you want to get involved, heart and soul is kind of like our members class. Um, it's where you come and you, you get to figure out that all the rumors you heard about our church have been a lie. Amen? Um, <laughs> that you don't have to uh, present to me your bank statement to join our church. Uh, Lord have mercy. All these different rumors. You get to find out that, hey, all that stuff was a lie, and we're just a, a pe bunch of people who are wanting to run after God hard, and we want you to join with us. And so if that's your next step, you guys please come um, and, and join in that, okay? I think that's all I got. Also, we, we're having a, a Miss Sandra. Yeah, those of you know that Miss Sandra Mays had an accident, and uh, she finally came home Wednesday. And so, if you want to get engaged in that with her and uh, and serve a meal, we've got a meal train um, set up. And so, that's an app. If you want to be a part of that, just let some of us know. We'll share the app with you, and you can go on there and sign up. And and what day that you want to go take her a meal? Okay. Everybody good? Ready to dive in? Uh, let me pray and we'll dive on in. Father, again, Lord, we come to you and we thank you so much just for this precious gift you give us of life. And God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to live our lives for you. And God, we pray this morning that you would speak to us on a deep level, that God, you would, you would move us in ways we've, we've 
been holding back for years. And God, you would change the way we think. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you're a God that's, uh, Lord, you're not interested in leaving us where you found us, but you're interested in changing us for the glory of your kingdom. So God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, a couple months ago, um, we had a, a, we talked about buying land, right? And, and so we, we're in the process of, the slow process of, of purchasing this property now. And so I made a statement that some people got kind of offended about, and I just want to clarify some things. I made a statement that I wasn't ready to put a shovel in the ground until we were people of God. And, and I'm not sorry for that statement, but here's the reality. is My heart behind that was that I don't want us to build a church full of people that praise God with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. And I don't want to do that. And that don't honor God. God don't need another building, right? He needs a people after his heart. And that's my heart. Like, we will, we're going to continue after God. And I didn't say we weren't going to build a building, right? We're going to build a building. Praise the Lord. Amen? Uh, but, but it's because God's going to keep making us, allowing us to grow. And the closer that all of us grow closer to him, the more we'll multiply, the more we'll need a church, and the more we'll grow one, the more we'll be where he wants us to be. And I think that's God's heart. And I think that's biblical. Because here's one thing we don't like to talk about. We want to talk about the things of God. We want to talk about the things we do for God. But we don't really want to talk about much about what God's doing in us. And see, if we think God's interested in all the things that we're doing, but the reality is he's interested in what he's doing in your heart. God wants to change your heart, right? Now, we want to talk about the things that we're doing for God because that makes me look good. I can tell you what I've done. I can tell you what I read. Oh, hold hold up. I can get real spiritual, and I can tell you some scriptures that I memorized. Watch at me. Look at me. But he's really interested more than anything else is him transforming your heart. Right? But when we start talking about that, y'all start looking at me like you're looking at me. Like, wait a minute now. I got to change? Now, I'm all about going to church. I'm all going to church. I'm all about reading my Bible. But, but nobody said I had to change. See, to accept Christ means you submit to his authority, and he changes you from the inside out. And often we want to go backwards. We want to do the things and change later. But Jesus wants you to change. He wants to change your heart. And from the, out, from the outflow of your heart, your actions will be, right? And so we have here in, in Luke chapter 14, Jesus is, is going, he's in this house of these religious people. Now, isn't it quite funny how Jesus is always found jacking up these religious people? I mean, he's always in these religious people's faces because they're the ones that should have got it more than anybody else, but he, they're the ones that he's always messed up. See, God's interested in transforming your heart. We'll read a little bit, and kind of how God's been laying this on my heart. Is we're just going to read a little bit and talk about it, okay? I might preach, I might not. We're going to let the Word do something, okay? So verse 1 says, On the Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat at a house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. All right, now, we're going to stop in just a second. Jesus is getting a house of a prominent... Pharisee. He, he's, at, he's not just at a house of just a, somebody that was religious. He was at a house of like somebody like very prominent. They hated Jesus. So why was Jesus at their house? And it says he was being carefully watched. Now that's kind of awkward. 
I don't know about you, but I don't like nobody to watch me eat. Huh? I don't want nobody watching me eat. When Sabrina and I first started dating, like I would look up and make sure she was looking the other way and I'd be eating because, man, I, I don't want nobody to watch me eat. It's, it's awkward, right? So you're at somebody's house and they're watching them carefully. You've been at somebody's house where they're watching every move you make. Sabrina and I first started dating. Her aunt has, this, has all these little whatnots. And little, I mean, all over her house. And, and, and I walk in there, and I'm like this, because I'm scared that I'm going to knock something down. So, I'm, just, I'm just on eggshells. She wasn't watching me, but I was scared that I was going to do something. So that's how I would have felt if I was there being watched. Every step I made, I was going to be watched. Like, all right, we need to step out of line. It's kind of awkward, right? Jesus is in this place, but yet he wasn't awkward. Now, I read this, and I'm like, well, something's fishy here, right? Something's, something's not right. Something's not right. You know why? Because they're trying to set Jesus up, trying to entrap him. They're trying to entrap him with something. Why else would they invite him there, right? Verse 2 says, so there in front of him, voila, right, just appeared. There in front of him was a man suffering from an abnormal swelling of his body. Some, some translations call that dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed the man and sent him on his way. And so they're, he's, they're eating at this meal, and then all of a sudden this man, this sick, just appears, right? Now you got to understand something. In those days, a man, he had dropsy, okay? This, this is a disease that... It makes your body swell, and it almost deforms you in a way. So this disease would have made him unclean in the eyes of the righteous religious people. Well, unclean people didn't come into the, into the, into the realm of the clean. So he would have been an outcast. They would have had nothing to do with him. So why in the world is this man that, has, that is unclean is now in the house? He just shows up. He wasn't eating. He wasn't a part of the party. He was there for a trap for Christ. And, and Jesus, Jesus, like, he, he, didn't, he didn't wait for them. He just kind of hits the situation. He's like, hey, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Like, they were, he knew they were trying to trap him. He knew they were trying to do that. He knew that, that this man standing in front of him was broken. He knew that he had been exiled. He knew that he couldn't even go into the temple. He knew that they were using this man as a way to trap Jesus. So what did Jesus do? Jesus healed the man anyway, right? He heals the man, and, and, he, and he, he tells him, he says, I want you to get up and go. He heals him. And what's crazy is he heals the man, and he tells them to leave, but it was a direct sign of how jacked up their hearts were. It was a direct sign of how messed up they were. Jesus didn't just go in there and, and, and he asked them the next thing. He says, look, in verse 5, he says, look, if, if then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox and falls into a well on a Sabbath day, would you not immediately pull him out? And then again, they said nothing. Now, have you ever come up with somebody and asked them, like, you got a problem with me? And then be quiet. 
Like their silence tells on them, right? I asked Payson, Payson, what are you doing? And if he's quiet, you know he's getting into some trouble. Y'all with me? They were quiet. Their silence answered for them. And, and what Jesus was doing is I want you to understand, like he flips the script on them. He shuts their whole trap down. He asked them, look, what you going to do? Because they realized, look, if, if we answer that, that you should heal, then, then that's directly against the laws that we created on top of the law to make us more righteous. And if we say that you shouldn't heal, then, it, then he proves that we lack compassion and there's something wrong with us. So instead, they just be quiet. How many of us, when God comes to us and he tells us to, to move or he tells us to say something to someone, we remain silent because our hearts are jacked up? Which we don't think our hearts are jacked up, but our silence shows that our hearts are messed up. See, Jesus, God came and Jesus came so that he would transform our hearts, right? Not just make us people that go to heaven. He wants our hearts to be transformed. For the, because when our hearts are transformed, then we will give God glory everywhere we go. Y'all with me this morning? All right, I, I got 12 pages of notes. Actually, I got two, but it's like 12 to me. And so if y'all don't come on with a come on, we're going to be here till 2 o'clock. All right? I'm just going to keep preaching. Y'all got to go. Y'all go on. Tell Granny to hold on on supper because it's going to be late. But anyway, he, this is what happens. And Jesus gives them this parable and they say nothing. And I know this text about the ox, about Jesus says, if anyone has a child or an ox and it falls into a well on the Sabbath, will you immediately not pull it out? You know how many times I've heard people misquote that verse in a way to justify them working on Sunday? Why don't you come to church? Well, my ox was in the ditch. Man, you don't even own no cows. Shut up. You know, I mean, we want, to, we want to take Scripture and make it fit us. You know, but Jesus here, this is, this is not a question about the Sabbath to them. He's not asking them about the Sabbath. He's really, he's, he's inquiring about the condition of their heart. This question Jesus was putting out there was questioning their heart. He was telling them, he said, look, this is what he was exposing about their heart in this question. He said, see, an ox is something that, that they would have used for, to make money with. So he's attacking their efforts for gain. He's saying, you're trying to use this man to, 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 for your agenda. He's showing how shallow their hearts are by how they were using this man, manipulating his situation, not showing compassion on him, but they were using him as a way for their means. Have they looked at this man and they didn't really see that this man had a soul. They didn't really see that he had feelings of, him, of his own. They didn't see him as a person. They just seen him as an object to accomplish what they wanted. Thus showing the lack of compassion in their heart. Thus showing how, how jacked up that they were. He's saying, look, because you love nobody but yourself or what makes more of you, you're willing to belittle other people is what he's saying. He said, look, you just, you just invited these people to trap me. You lack compassion is what he's telling these people. You lack compassion. And that's why they're silent. When God gets on to us, when his spirit convicts us, what's the first thing that happens? We become silent. And we have two choices in that moment. Either we can run toward God or we can run away from God. And most of us run away instead of running to. Now, we might not run away from the faith, 
But we run away from God. We run to religious things. We run to church attendance. We run to Bible study. We even run to memorizing scripture. We try to do these things to make it look holy, look like we're doing something for the, for the kingdom, but we're not allowing God to change our hearts. And Jesus is more interested in our hearts. He, he, he didn't want to talk to them about the Sabbath, right? He wanted to talk to them about their hearts. About them. He was showing them that they didn't really care about people. They just, he just cared about their agenda. That's what he was saying. And they were picking up on it. And see, OJC, Jesus Christ, he didn't stop there. Y'all with me? He didn't just stop and drop the mic and get up, push the table, and leave. He just kept going. He just kept going. Verse 7 says, look, when he had noticed that the guests picked up, picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. It says, when he noticed how his guests were picking places at this table, he, he took notice. See, what's crazy is this. He just told them how they were jacked up. He told them how they didn't have how they were trying to use this man, how they were being selfish. He just told them that. And guess what they didn't do? They didn't pay him any attention. They were just trying to, they were over there worried about who was going to sit at the table. See, what you got to understand, in those days, the table would be shaped like a U. And whoever sat at the end, at the, at the center of the U of that table, that was the most prominent person in the room. And so what they were doing, he's sitting there watching these people jostling, for position. I'm going to go ahead and set my Bible right here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put, put my hat right here. Trying it. And then, then one of them saw that the other one was closest to the most prominent position. You know, they just kind of moved their stuff over and, and put it in place. Like, I, I want to be here. And Jesus is watching these jokers just trying to, to, to jostle and trying to get this, this high position. He's, trying to, he's watching them do this. He's watching them trying to get a different place. See, the closer that you got to the host of the table, the higher you were on the social ladder. And he's watching them do that. Jesus sees them gaming for position, and then he just goes for the throat. Verse 8 says, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do you not take the place of honor? Do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may be invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so I want you to understand, like, this isn't about seats, okay? This isn't about where he's sitting at the table. This is about their heart. He's showing them the shallowness of their hearts, okay? And so he's, he's going in here. He's seen, he's, he's, he watches these old boys just trying to figure out who's top dog in the room. Jesus is saying to them, not only do you lack compassion, but, but when you enter into the room, you're immediately sizing everybody up to see who's more socially acceptable than you and who's least so that you can go and associate with those of higher status. I ain't going to get no amens today, boys. I can tell this. The thing is, is what he's trying to make them understand. He's trying to show them 
Look, you're looking down your nose at people who have left because you're trying to make much of you. Your hearts are jacked up because you're trying to make much of you. I mean, Jesus is trying to show these blind religious leaders their wretched heart of how their hearts are bent for themselves, how their hearts is bent for their own gain, how their hearts are bent for their own praise. And then when nothing praises them, when nothing elevates them, then they're ready to get rid of it and they're out. He's trying to show them that in this. And he keeps going, right? What I love about this is nobody leaves. They don't talk about anybody leaving. If you at somebody's house and they get on to you that much, some of us will be like, man, I ain't putting up with this junk. I'll see you later. Maybe, 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 maybe that's just me. But, but they didn't leave. They just stayed. They just stayed. Verse 12 says, And then Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, or your sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back so they can repay you. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Again, he's not talking about how they're inviting people to their house. He's not talking about proper party attire. He's not talking about how to invite people to your house. He's trying to reveal to them their hearts. He's trying to reveal to them their hearts. He's taking, he's like, look, you're inviting your family. You're inviting all these things. But why are you doing these things? Because it's about you. It's about you. What Jesus is saying, he said, look, everyone that you run with, pretty much, okay, everybody that you run with, everybody in your circle, everybody that you invite to your house, all these things that you do is because you can get gain off of them. If you invite them to your house, they're going to invite you back to theirs. If you do good for a friend, they're going to do good back to you. Your life is encompassed with people that can do good for you, but your life is not encompassed with people that can't pay you back. Now, this stung when I read it. Because I realized that often we put ourselves in this comfortable little circle with people that are like us, people that, 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 can, that, that, that are like-minded, people that, that, are, that are all for the same things, instead of people that are desperate and depraved and can't get out. They can't pay us back. Would you call somebody a friend if you were constantly giving them money and they could not give you money back? Would you put them in your life? We... Our society calls those kind of people leeches, and we try to cut them out. But the reason because that's putting us at inconvenience because I'm having to take away from my resources and give to this person. But God's word says that I should make someone else greater than myself. Y'all with me? Come on. All right. It's 2 o'clock calling. Y'all ready? He's after their heart. He's trying to tell them, look, everyone you allow in your home, everyone you extend grace to, everybody that, that, that's around you is about to make much of you, and it's about you. Everything's about you. It's not about the actions. It's about the heart. He's trying to show them their heart. And we have issues when we read these stories in the Bible. Because we read those stories in the Bible, we read them and be like, man, them jokers was blind. We act, like, we act like we're right there with Jesus talking about, get them. Get them, Jesus. Get them. Y'all, y'all I'm with you. Y'all, y'all hear what he's saying? Y'all, we act like we're gonna be, we would be right there with them instead of realizing that we would be those fools sitting at the table. 
He's not talking to the Pharisees this morning. He's talking to us. Because we are so caught up in our Americanized culture where everything is about you, everything is about me. You watch TV. Everything is about you on TV. It's trying to get you to buy something. Every, we make it all about me, 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 me. But we serve a God that says everything is about those people. It's about the lost, about those who we got to show grace to. And when our life is all about me, then when anything comes against me, then I'm out. When anything is that I have to change, then I'm out. I want, you to, I want to ask you some questions. Like When you see someone, do you see that they have a soul? Do you see that they have a soul, that they have emotions, that they have feelings, that they have, they have troubles, they have issues like you do? Or when, when you go to the restaurant and you see the, the waitress, do you see that she's only a person there to wait on you? She's there for you to wait on you for your needs. The woman at the cash register at, at Walmart, is she there for you or do you see her as a woman or a man that has a soul? Do you see people as if they have a soul or do you see them as they are just people placed in your path to make your life easier and better? Because the difference in that, if they, you see them, if they have a soul, then guess what? You will show compassion. When they mess up, you don't lose your script on them. When they, get, when they do something crazy, you don't go off on them. If you see they have a soul, you show compassion. You show honor. You show integrity. You want their betterment, no matter if you know them or not. But if they don't have a soul, the moment they do something outside of what makes your life comfortable, you lose your junk on them. All right. I lose my junk on them. That make y'all feel better? We do that. And you can apply that to your spouse. Oh, don't talk about my marriage. I'm talking about when, we, when, you, when you don't see that, what happens is, is everything is about you. And when your life is not about you, you get angry when things don't happen the way you want them to happen. When people aren't doing the, what you want them to do, you get angry. When things aren't what's best for you, you get uncomfortable, you, you back away. When, when things have to change in your heart, it's easier to say, I like the way things are now. Why should I have to change? That's the reason the church is in a mess in America today. It's because we as Christians have sat back for so long and said, you know what? He's talking to them and not to me. And we have a church full of people that go to church every Sunday that don't allow the Holy Spirit to change them. And we're a bunch of religious people that go through a bunch of religious actions, but we don't know the God that created us on an intimate way. And he could give, I could tell you what he could give, but he, could, he, he, would, he don't care about how much scripture you know if you don't love him. He don't care about how much church you went to if you lack compassion. He was interested in your heart, church. When he has your heart, all the other stuff will flow out. All the other stuff will flow out. See, what's crazy is, is, is we, 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 we become people, and he's talking to these religious people where they're like, hey, everybody exists to make much of me. Everybody exists to serve me. And when that don't happen, I get mad and I get discouraged. I get, I get angry. And we're so much like these self-centered Pharisees. 
You know, uh, the reason I think that the scripture, it doesn't bother a lot of us is because we think, he's not talking to me in this. I know, I, I, you know, what's cool about being up here is I can see all of you. And I can see your reactions. And you might not have moved your head, but some of y'all, when I started out, they were like this. Y'all were trying to see if, if they was getting it next door. He ain't talking to me. I, <laughs> I seen him looking at you, Caitlin. I mean, I'm just saying. And he's like, he's he talking to her. He ain't talking to me. We, we, got, we, take, we take for granted that this word is for us. See, when we realize that he's going after our hearts, we, got, we push back most of the time. We don't get it. Like, we even read the next scripture, verse 15. He says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at this feast in the kingdom of God. Like, he didn't even get it. He's sitting there hearing Jesus talk, tell them that they lacked compassion, that they were self-centered, they were egotistical, that it was all about them. And he's like, man, blessed are those at the kingdom of God. Pretty much in, in Jeremy Lindsay's terms, he's looking at the table he's like, I hope the rest of y'all fools listening because he's talking to y'all. That's what he was saying. So blinded by himself, so blinded by where they were. And so to hear this, I want you to hear this. See, we hear the gospel, and it should take, change our hearts, and it, we should be awakened into it. See, every time I hear the word of God, Proclaimed. Every time I read the Word of God, every time that you read the Word of God, like this is God's Word, this is powerful, it should invoke change in our hearts. And in the moment that it doesn't, in the moment that, that we, we sit and say, I'm okay, in the moment that we leave a church service and we remain the same is a moment that we should be scared to death. Because this is God's authoritative word. And his word is used and he wrote his word to change our hearts so that we will be made into the likeness of Christ. And so the moment that I leave, a moment from reading God's word and not allowing it to change me, the moment that I leave a church service where God's word is proclaimed and I go about my business like I always have, I should question what is going on inside of me. I should come to God saying, Lord God, what is wrong with my heart that I have become numb to your words? Because God's word is not to amuse us, but to change us. Amen? And we've, we've got this little fairy tale Christianity going on. See, Christianity in the world outside of us is ineffective and stupid. It's stupid. Why would you get up and not get, go to church on Sunday and act the same way the next day? Why don't you go fishing? Why don't you go hunting? Why, 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 why don't we go to the ball game? Why? It, it is stupid. If you're doing this and it's not changing you, it is stupid. And that is the cleanest word I can come up with. Because God's word was meant to change you. We serve a holy God. That if he wanted to, he could zap you right now. But we want to sit there and say, well, I'm not changing because I'm not ready to. Get over yourself and give it to God. And I'm not trying to be hard right now. I'm not trying to be this, 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 this man that's, that, oh, man, Jeremy's just this hard preacher. No, I, I'm telling you, I see it. I see churches that, that, that cannot multiply, that will not grow because people in it refuse to go because it's all about me. It's all about me. God wants to change our hearts, church. See, if we go through all the motions, 
and we don't allow God to change us. It's horrible. That's why we have this watered-down, weak version of Christianity. Because us as people, we're all about doing the right things, but our hearts are wrong. I mean, we're, 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 we live in the South, right? We live in this Bible Belt. Someone that goes to church on Sunday, they're going to tell you. How do you know you're a Christian? How do you know you follow Jesus? I guarantee you, you can do that. And they'll say, well, I read my Bible, and, and I pray, and uh, I tithe. Ooh, 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 yeah, I tithe. Yeah, ooh, man. I give my 10. Yeah, that's what they say. I tithe. That's how I've been baptized. They'll say, I, I go to church on Sunday, man. I, 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 I ooh, hold on. I teach Sunday school. Every time they need volunteers at Vacation Bible School, I'm there. I was nominated three times to be a deacon, but you know, I just didn't think I was ready yet. I, 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 I did all these things. I've done all these things. Okay, I'm glad you did all these things, but, but how inside of you, how do you know that you are saved? How do you know that you are a follower of Christ inside of you? Well, well I, I mean, I... I feel conviction. There's a difference in feeling conviction and acting on it. There's a difference in feeling convicted and repenting. You mean take my shoes off? I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean, it, God's not after our things that we do. He's not after the, 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 the shell, this great like circus that we try to portray every week. He's after our hearts. He's after the reason why you follow after him. And that is not to make much of you, but it's to make much of him. And when we submit our lives to God and we, in the hard things, where he's wanting to change us in our attitude and in our actions and the why we do these things, when he's trying to change us, we don't say, maybe later, God. We say, yes, Lord. He wants to change you. And we think that God changing us is, is, is a bad thing. I don't know about y'all. I know who I was two years ago. And I'm a lot better in God's eyes. Y'all might not see no difference, but I do. I see what God's been doing inside of me. It's because I've been submitting my life to God. I, I, I see what God's doing in my wife. And, and, and she's, thank God, she's a lot better <laughs> than she was. Thank God just came out. I'm sorry. It, I'm telling you, we, we often run to religion instead of running to God. We think that if I, I want to I be a good Christian, so instead I run and volunteer here. Or I go and I do this. And what I'm doing is I'm doing all these good things, and it's just a mirage. It's masking the reality that you're doing these things, making yourself feel good about what you're doing for God, but inside you're still the same wretched soul that you were the moment you come out of the water when you got baptized. And God does not want you to stay the same. He wants to transform you into the likeness of Christ. That's why he came, bled, and died and was resurrected so that we could be transformed in the likeness of God. And if that don't give you something to get excited about, nothing will. Because I don't have to be the same. I can change by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Church, I'm telling you, it's so hard for us to know what's inside of us. Some of you are in a panic mode right now inside of you. Like, well, how do I change? What do I do? Tell me. Give me five steps. I don't have five steps. Some of you want me to, let me give you three steps to freedom. I'm not giving you that today. It's simple. 
It's simple. And every single one of us in this room, every one of us, at some level, there's some struggle. And every one of us in this room, there's undealt with sin. Every, every one of us, every one of us, I don't care how high you pitch your head back and try to look down your nose at somebody else, you still see your nose. You got issues. And God don't want you to come and go out of the church and keep your issues. He wants you to bring your issues to him because he wants you transformed and changed. Because he cares more about your heart than your pride. He cares more about your heart than what you think other people think of you. He cares more about your heart than your reputation. God came to change you. God didn't come. come. He didn't do all these things to make you somebody that came and sat to church on Sunday. And the, 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 the faster that we get that, the faster we'll be walking in joy. The faster we'll be walking in holiness. The faster that we will actually see God working in our life. And the reason God's not working isn't that he's not there. It's just because we got our back turned to him. He's after our hearts, church. He's after our hearts. So how, 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 do, I, how do I know? Like, what, what's going on? inside of me? How can I recognize? How do I know what God's doing? And and as I began to think about it, there's a couple things that I know as I read Scripture that is a litmus test to God moving in your heart. What's going on? Is number first thing is affection for God. Like, do you have affection for God? I don't care about the things right now. Like, sometimes you're like, yeah, I care about God because I don't drink no more. I don't cuss no more. Those things are, look, those things will fall off of you when you are following after God. We concentrate too much on the fruit instead of looking at the heart. See, a lot of things that we do are just external things because of the internal condition. You see kids that are acting crazy back there, and, 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 and you school teachers, y'all can, y'all can amen me in this. Y'all see kids acting crazy at school, and most of the time it's because of home life. It's not because of stuff that's going on in the classroom. See, what's going on behind the scenes is is causing problems in the physical. Y'all with me? See, things in our hearts are causing issues outside of us. The reason I'm angry and I have explosive anger is because I haven't brought my issues to God and let God change them. I haven't brought my burdens, I haven't brought the hurt from my past to God because I'm trying to fix my problems on my own because you know what, if God, if I let God do it, then he might tell me I got to go apologize to somebody and my foolish pride won't let me do that. Go back to this story, it's more about you than it is about God. Do you have real affection for God? Is it all about Jesus, really? We got a sign up there every week to remind us it's all about Jesus. If it's all about Jesus, then there's nothing that we're willing to hold on to. If it's all about Jesus, I can't hold on to my sin, I can't hold on to my problems. If it's all about Jesus, I got to give it to him. Y'all with me? Come on, this means yes, this means no. Huh? This means I, I'm, I'm lost right now. Y'all with me? Amen. <laughs> Good, do it, James. The next thing is money. Like, how do you spend your money? The Bible says that, that wherever my treasure is, there my heart will be also. See, my, we don't talk about my money. The thing is, 
It's where we spend our money shows our heart. We, me and Sabrina sat down and we looked at that the other day and we've been talking about it and I'm willing, I'm ready to sell everything and live in a tent under the bridge. They're like, oh, that's radical. I'm, she ain't ready. She ain't there yet, but she's getting close. It's that place of like, I'm seeing where my money's going. And I see that, yes, I'm giving my 10%. I'm giving, I'm giving God what he's required of me, but yet I'm not going above because I value all this more than I value that. Check your account. Check your bank account. See. See, wherever your money's flowing, that's where your heart really is. And as I looked at the flow of our money, guess what I began to see? The flow of my money made a big circle, and it went right back to me. It, it made me, I was planning for vacation. I'm planning for retirement. I'm, I'm planning for Payson's uh, school and stuff. I'm planning for all these things, and I got all this money going on different places, but then I look at this little itty bitty little teeny I mean little sliver that's going over here to, to God and I'm like, so, so here's how much I think of God and here's how much I think of everything else. Put it on a pie chart. Yes, sir. It'll throw you in conviction alley right there. Where your heart is, there your treasure be also. It shows that. Your heart. How about people? The way we treat people, the way we show, the way we treat people shows our heart. Some of y'all need to pick your feet up because it's going to get hard. But do people exist to make much of you? Do people exist to serve you? Do people exist to entertain you? Does every person around you exist for you? Does your wife exist for you? Does your husband exist for you to make you happy? Do they exist for you? Do you get angry when people around you don't do what you want them to do or expect for them to do? Because that's a good case of like, look, this is about me. The reason that we hold on to unforgiveness, you know why? It's because it's about me. The reason that I hold on to and I carry grudges is because it's about me. The reason that we, that, that we, that we allow arguments and bickering and fighting and all that stuff to happen is because it's about me and my expectations of you because you're supposed to be there to make my life better. If someone didn't do something they were supposed to do, and you get angry, it's because you're mad at them because it affected you. Boy, y'all mean mugging me, but I'm telling you, that's the reality. If you can, if you can be rude, if you can, if you can have hate in your heart and be okay with it, then, and not desire to work things out, then your heart is in a bad place. Your heart's in a bad place. Your heart is deceiving you. I think our heart can deceive us and we can feel like, I'm justified in the way I'm acting. I don't know how many times I heard people been in my office and been like, well, if they was Christians, I'm like, well, if you was a Christian, uh, hold up, don't, don't talk about, we're talking about them. They did this. I know they did this, but, but you need to show them grace. This is some of y'all last week here, so we'll see y'all. Uh, I'm telling you, church, that's how we are. Instead of realizing, look, if you're truly in Christ, I want to let you a little secret. If you're truly in Christ and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he won't leave you alone. He won't leave you alone. If you can walk in sin and feel not ashamed, then you're not in Christ. Because if you're in Christ, he won't leave you alone. 
He won't leave unforgiveness in your heart. He won't leave these things. If your money is, is jacked up, he will be in your heart, and you will be miserable until you get your finances fixed. If, if, you, if your affection is toward anything else other than God, then you will be a miserable person and affect everybody around you because it's all about you and not about God. It's all about our heart, church. And until we allow God to change our hearts, nothing will change around us. See, when you feel like God's revealing things to you, when you feel like God's pricking your heart, don't fight it. Submit to it. Because it's for your good. Now, there's things that he starts putting on us that we don't want to do. We, we don't want to forgive. We don't want to let go. We don't, some of us in this room realize that we've been pretty horrible toward people in our past. We don't want to go back and say, I'm sorry, because that's, right, that's all about me, Right? But when you let you get out of the way and you let God do the work and you be a humble servant of the Holy King, let me tell you, God's going to do more through you than you ever could imagine. But God doesn't work through us like, we, like he wants to work through us because we are still stuck in self-preservation mode. We spend our whole lives, church, fighting against God. We want to run from our problems. Instead of running to them with Jesus. God wants to change your heart today. And if he's really inside, then you'll let him. It behooves me how we can come. I can't open the Bible. I can't. I can't. I cannot open God's word and read it and hit not speak to me. And don't look at me like I'm this holy preacher. No, I'm just a simple man like y'all. I don't even have proper English. I mean, come on. If y'all could see the way I spell, y'all would realize how ignorant I am. I can't spell a lick. It ain't because they didn't have good teachers. It's because I just can't learn how to do it. Here's the thing. I can't get in this without God changing me. And it's not a thing because I'm better. It's because I want more of God because I realized that life without him was hopeless and impossible. And until you allow God to change you, you'll still be restless. Until you let God, until you let God change you, you'll still struggle. Until you give your problems to God, you will still feel empty. And it behooves me how we can come to church every single Sunday and stand in the same spot. And when the invitation is given, we not move and give things to God. And I don't expect you to come to this altar to make you look more holy. But my Lord, if God's moving, get on your knees where you are. Deal with it right there. Let's be people that are people of God's word, not people that just show up and go through the motions. Because look, if we're going to do that, I can go to the lake and find me a crowd to preach to. Y'all with me? I can show up to a campground and boy, I can get a captive audience. It ain't about that. It's about God changing our hearts. God wants to change you. And if you would be real honest with yourself right now, you would be honest, if you would be real honest, you would, you would tell me that I am tired of feeling like this is empty. I'm tired of feeling hopeless with this situation. I'm, 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 I've been, I've been de really depressed about this for so long. And you hold it on to these things. You've been struggling with the same sin for decades because you haven't really came under the lordship of God. 
Maybe today's the day in which you come and you humble yourself before Jesus and say, you know what, God, I want to give you my heart. All of it today. I want to submit my life to you today. That's all that we're after. Is that we are people who connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And that's our heart here. So if you want more of God, if there's stuff in your life that you need to give to God, then meet me at this altar. If you want to pray with me, then wait till I'm done dealing with my selfishness, and then you can come, and I'll pray with you. Amen? Amen? But the problem, the whole thing we got to do today, we got to work on the problems that we have of staying where we are and saying, I'm okay. He was talking to those people. Because guess what? God was talking to you today. And it's up to you to do whatever God's word was proclaimed. And if we don't act on God's word, we're just heaping more judgment on our heads. So let's be God's people. Amen. Y'all stand with me. Father, God, we come to you right now. And God, we ask you to move in our hearts. And God, break us for the things that we should be broken for, Lord. God, show us if we're selfish, conceited people who would make things all about me. God, show us this morning if, if God, I, my, my treasure is not you, but it's everything else that makes much of me. Father, show me today. My heart and not really loving people. God, you are so God, you're just so intentional with how you went after the hearts of the religious. Lord, go after our hearts this morning. God, ruthlessly change our hearts this morning so that none of us leave here the same. God, we love you, Lord. Do the work only you can do.